Hi everyone, Daniel Ramsey here, the CEO of My Outdesk and the host of Scale the Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to having conversations that unlock the exact formula and strategies multi-million and billion dollar companies use to scale their business. You can visit me on our website at scalethepodcast.com or listen to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Overcoming your fear of uh, self-promotion and prospecting. And we are all kind of in business and we're all, everybody that's listening, this is such a big topic um, because we're nervous. When we're new in the business, we're nervous. When we transition into like building a team, we're nervous. And then when we let go of our business and kind of have someone else run it, we're nervous to really self-promote and really get out there. So Debbie's going to drop a bunch of knowledge. We have some slides here. Uh, One thing that you probably know about my outdesk is we you know have over a hundred thousand people in our database which means this is going to be a huge audience debbie you're going to be talking to five thousand people but what matters about that is we need your comments we want your comments we want your questions we need this to be inter- interactive in fact if you're on right now uh do the do do us this favor just say where you're from and how hot it is outside right now, because it's yes. hot where we are. Uh, my daughter was on a bike ride yesterday and she said, Daddy, I got so sweaty. And uh, so it's over 104 degrees yesterday when I was uh, driving home. Um, I'm from California. I'm the CEO of My Outdesk and we are lucky to have Debbie here. Uh, Debbie, thanks for coming. Thank you very much. Are you ready to get this party started, Daniel? Yeah, let's party. But I'll before party. we jump in, like, Give us your why, like, why is this important? And what will somebody walk away with if they, if they, because time is, you know, time is valuable. It's so much more valuable than money. Everybody says time is money, money is time, but I don't believe that money doesn't matter like time does. So what, what are, what's somebody going to walk away with today if they, um, question. Well, my goal is that they will feel more comfortable being a natural self promoter that we're going to find ways to break some of those patterns, some of those things that are going on in their head that stop them from getting out there and really getting the business that they deserve to have. And just some general tips on how to overcome their fear. Because Daniel, of course, you know, you and I are probably shameless promoters, right? Like we are so fine with prospecting and promoting. And yet um, we certainly were not born that way. Right. I, I, I don't know about you, but I remember my first day of prospecting my broker. I was 18 and he, he said to me, OK, you're you're young, dress older, Lisa used Cadillac. So people know, think you know what you're doing. And then you've got to prospect five hours a day because you're going to screw up a lot. Well, I was a kid. I thought I had to do what he said. He sent me out to door knock. I remember sitting in the car and crying and being afraid to do it. Then yeah. he sent me back out, and I remember knocking so quietly that actually a nice lady came chasing me down the street. I thought she was going to yell at me. She must have been some kind of salesperson because she said, honey, honey, let me give you a tip. If yeah. you don't knock a little louder, you won't sell anything. So right. my point being, guys, while I am so comfortable now, many, many years later, prospecting as much as I need to whenever I need to, it didn't come naturally. 
Right. So if they don't like it, if they fear it, there's nothing wrong with them. And there's nothing stopping them from really being a great prospector and a great salesperson. So I want to give them some hope that all of that is possible and it doesn't have to be painful and terrible. Yeah, my, yeah and I'm, I'm so with you because my first experience, I was a business owner, I was meeting a lot of people and I was good at like talking, but I wasn't good at delivering why somebody needed to know me or why they wanted to work with me. So that's why I thought this topic was so brilliant. Um, we've got a couple people commenting. I guess it's very humid in Providence, Rhode Island. That's awesome. Thanks for just kind of commenting and being in the conversation. Debbie, let's let's jump in. Who are you? Well, Looks like we've got so some uh, stuff. I already mentioned I started selling real estate at the age of 18, and I know probably many, many of our viewer listeners today, like me, uh, started young. And maybe that was a benefit because I just did what I was told to do, Right. And I think sometimes as we get older, we resist more or maybe ego gets in the way. But eh, I just thought, hey, I, I'm going to go do it. And I had a terrific broker pushing me, pressing me to work hard. But I did prospect five hours a day, as he told me to do. Now, I'm not saying at all that everyone on this um, meeting with us here today needs to do that. Remember, though, I was young. I didn't know any better. I had no money to promote myself. And I certainly didn't have a sphere of influence or database. So I had no other choice. You know, I had to get out there and do it. I got good at it. I got used to it. And by the time I was about 22 years old, I was the number one agent for Century 21 in Orange County and LA County, California, very competitive markets, number three in the nation, number eight in the world. And I truly can say there's no hidden anything that was going on underneath there. I wasn't buying leads. I wasn't being fed leads. I wish I you know, had had those. I was just out there doing it myself every day. And, you know, 150, 156 transactions a year was my personal production without a team. We didn't have teams then. Now, see, Daniel, if I had known you at that time, see, I would have been building a team use yeah. your services, using even virtual staff members to help me with all of this, um, but it didn't, it didn't exist then. So I guess you could say I had to do it the hard way. And for the last 20 years coaching some of the most elite in the nation, I want to help them cheat and do it an easier way. Well, you know, I, I would just, you know, we get, okay, so luckily for us, we have about 400 folks that come through the door every month and we help them. We do a consultation. In fact, one of the awesome things about Debbie's offer today is that at the end, you can actually schedule with her company and work through this. But I have to tell you guys, the largest companies, the biggest companies out there, they have a mandatory requirement for their sales staff to prospect. And, you know, working with Zillow, working with the number one, the number three, the number 10 in the nation in terms of sales, they all prospect, like the leader prospects. And every time I talk to somebody who says, well, I just don't want to prospect and we're going to hire my out desk and then we're not going to do any of the work. Every time I hear that from somebody, I know that's a red flag because leaders you know, they eat last, they, they're the people that lead the charge. So if you're on this call and you're like, well, I don't really like prospecting and I'm not a self promoter, that's yucky. The reality is the, I mean, the number one team in the country, they have a prospecting requirement 
right. every single day, every single person on, on staff. And here at Myakas, we have this concept that everybody is in sales. We are either uh, attracting clients or retaining clients. Right. And then anybody that's in a third position at our company is enabling one of those two roles, like period. That's sales, either you're growing or you're dying. And right. so if you're on this call and say, I don't really want a prospect or I don't need to know this, I think that's just a miss um, in the mindset because that's not the mindset of the best in the country. Well, and I would probably guess that those people didn't come on this webinar, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I'm going to assume you guys are here because you're open-minded to, to making some changes. And, you know, at Excelium, you know, we are a coaching company that really caters to some of the most elite in the nation. And we believe in customized coaching. And I say that because I know that each of you on this call today, you are different. You are unique. So I'm not going to sit here and say that everyone on this call should cold call or that everyone should work expired so that everyone should do any particular thing. What mm. we suggest to our coaching clients is find your strengths, embrace those strengths, but have at least three to five methods of pursuing business that are very systematic and mm. develop your skill in those methods. So I do want everyone to know this is more about the mindset and harnessing the power of your talents and being proud of those talents and sharing those with whoever you choose to prospect. And so then Daniel, you know, the last 20 years, I, I've coached over 70,000 private coaching calls. Five years ago, launched my own company to cater to the custom aspect of coaching. And you know some of our clients, Ernie Carswell, by the way, guys, just for fun, you might want to know, look up Ernie Carswell. He was on ET Entertainment tonight, last night. Um, he listed the Brady Bunch house. Yeah. He's never been on the market before. Iconic property, right? Yeah. Um, so we, we coach some pretty cool people and hopefully you all will maybe see us at an event one day and get to meet them. So again, we are the leader in customized coaching and consulting because we understand no two real estate professionals, teams, brokerage, or brands are alike. So all I ask is today that you look for two to three ideas that you can take away. And to help you with that, as Daniel mentioned, I have asked my coaches, they're all 25 to 40 year veterans. They have all done it. They've all been out in the street doing it. There's some of them still doing it and they are outstanding. I've asked them each to reserve a few spaces in their schedule for next week. For those of you who'd like to have a further conversation about this, maybe even want a no pressure way without talking to some boiler room salesperson to find out a little bit more about us, they'll be happy to have that great conversation. And we're gonna give you a overcoming your fear of prospecting study guide so they can take that with them this weekend if they're out at open house and just read up a little bit more about it. Hey everybody, Daniel Ramsey here and I wanna tell you about an extraordinary offer to take action and start scaling your business right now. You know I get a lot of questions about how to grow your business, generate more revenue, and reduce expenses, and the answer is simple. It's My Outdesk Virtual Assistance. My Outdesk offers five-star virtual assistant services to thousands of business professionals across the United States and making our clients over $100 million in net revenue every year. Our customers absolutely love 
our virtual assistants. And I wanna give you the opportunity to learn exactly why. Simply text the word M-O-D, MOD, to 31996, and we're going to give you a free double my business strategy call where you work one-on-one -on -one with one of our business growth specialists to design an action strategy for growth and cost savings in your business. We're gonna give you over 20 growth and strategy guides, a market force personality indicator, an important business checklist, and hiring guides. My Outdesk admins can help manage your office, your sales, your marketing pipeline, and even help you lead generate and follow up. And during this call, you'll learn exactly how you can put them into your business right now. So again, text MOD to 31996 and get a free double my business strategy call right now and learn how my Outdesk can transform your business today. Right, and this 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 talk, I mean, for everybody that's listening, uh, this is a two-year course that you're condensing into a 30, 40-minute kind of conversation with us. So everybody who's listening, you, you could pay, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to do a two-year course, or you can listen and, and, and learn and take a couple things away, like Debbie said. Well, and I think what happens is we often think that in the real estate industry, it's just us, you know, that, that we don't like to prospect. So my husband is a 30-year veteran, still door knocks his geographic farm yep. every day, makes his past client calls every day. My daughters are licensed. You know, we're a real estate family. So you start to think, well, it's just about us. But this course that Daniel mentioned, one of our coaches, our great coaches, Gus Alba, went through this two-year certification, and it was a course taught by some significant psychologists because mm -hmm. one of the number one reasons that 80% of salespeople in all industries fail to achieve their goals is they don't prospect enough. Right. And it's not because they're not smart enough, talented enough, dedicated enough. They simply don't talk to enough people or promote themselves strongly enough to win the business in the competitive markets. Yep. Now, sometimes people don't close so they may get themselves in front of the customer, but they're afraid to actually ask for the business because they're afraid they'll come across as too pushy. Yeah. Now, Daniel, you and I, we are not afraid to ask for the business. So what are your thoughts on this topic? Yeah, uh, you know what? My favorite thing is to periodically ask for the close in every consultation that we do. Um, and I did this back when I was a real estate guy myself. And if you're listening and you're like, well, why would I ask for the close until the end? The reality is when you ask somebody to make a decision, what happens is one of two things, like either they move forward with your services because they trust you and they like you and they think they, they're going to win with you, right? Or you uncover what's important to them and then you can craft the rest of your conversation around their needs. In fact, we start every single call out, well, hey, thanks for joining me today. I just want to make sure this call is a win for you. What would be the best outcome for our time together today? Like every single, every single conversation, every single consultation, because I want them to think and I want our clients to know 
that whatever they want to accomplish is what I want to accomplish too. And it's part of our core values. So um, I love asking for the close. I love hearing objections because it's an opportunity to really connect with people. So funny you say that because when people reach out to us for the complimentary strategy call, our script, because I do believe we all need our scripts, right? Because yeah. without scripts, we don't have predictable results and we can't sure. the highest value. So in our script, we say, what is it you most wanted to accomplish on this call today? Yeah. Say, right? And then our next question is, tell us about your vision for your business three to five years from now. Mm -hmm. So here's the point, guys, that we're trying to make as we say this. To be a masterful prospector and a powerful closer, the first step really is make it all about the prospect, right? So we're not so aggressively chasing that commission that we're not paying attention to them. But it's sort of um, like in Sunday school, the song, you know, this little light of mine, I got to let it shine. If you're not out there in the world promoting yourself, they're not going to have the opportunity to work with the fabulous you. Yep. Okay. So here's what I hear, Daniel. People say to me, well, I don't know who to call or I don't know what to say or other things are just getting in my way or, oh my gosh, I just can't stand rejection. So right. I would encourage everyone looking at this screen to what, what's yours, you know, if it's you don't know who to call, well, you can find great opportunities to target groups. You can, first of all, work the people you know. But you know, Daniel, some people hate to call people they know. They'd rather call strangers, right? Right. Actually, you know what? Let's have everybody, I mean, we have a lot of participants. So let's just sure. hear, like, what is, and don't, I, I have my own reasons. Like, don't be ashamed. Just, just go in there and post. Like, why do you, or what are the excuses, or what are the resistance that you right. feel about prospecting? Let's get it all out. Yeah, let's, let's hear, and, and I, I think it's good, but I, I think you've nailed all of the main points, you know? Um, I don't know what to say, I don't know who to call. I'm, you know, the one that we hear a ton um, is, I'm, I'm too busy, like, I don't have time to do it. Yes. And, and then what happens with those folks when we talk about it, they call us because they're too busy to do it. Then they close all their transactions and then they have zero in their pipeline. Well, that's well, the seesaw of real estate, right? Yeah. Also though, usually when they say they're too busy, it's very easy in real estate to find a lot of excuses and stuff to do so that we can avoid doing what makes us a little bit uncomfortable, which is probably making those phone calls. Right, so we have Shelly, who says, I just don't call, I have call reluctance. Um, this is cool. Um, when calling friends, I feel like I'm taking advantage of them. Okay. Um, uh, Michael says, it's just not my favorite activity. I'd rather be doing something else. Um, Matthew says, fear of rejection. Not sure what to say. I'm a problem solver, not a seller. And I don't want to be pushy. Um, he's a consultant, not in real estate. Hey, Matthew. I just want to be clear, everybody, Debbie and I's background is real estate, but we coach, I mean, I've had the opportunity to do technology companies, insurance companies, title companies, mortgage, like we are across Battery the companies, yeah. Rock Springs companies, right. <laughs> but it's all what? really the same. And guys, forgive us, because even as we got on here, 
it slipped my mind that we have all sorts of industry professionals, but this topic is perfect because it is across the board. Anyone who sells anything has these issues. Well, here, here's another thing. So we're obsessed with helping people grow their business. We have this thing called the seven figure business roadmap, and we're obsessed with figuring out what the obstacles are to growing, to growing somebody to a point where they, they're netting a million dollars. Like, you know, raise your hand if you want to net a million dollars a year, right? That's a strong business. And one thing that we always do, and I was talking to an insurance broker the other day, and it turns out he has, while he knows what to say to win business, um, his team doesn't. He doesn't have a CRM. He has no marketing emails that goes out. He's had over a thousand clients. His business is 80 years old. And I'm like, what? And, and you know, I have a, an attorney as a client and, you know, they have seven, they have seven attorneys on staff. They've been promoted in the business journal. They're one of the most successful litigation firms and business attorneys um, that I, that I personally know about and they don't have a CRM. Right. So, you, you know, everybody who's on this call, regardless of what it is. That you do. Yeah, you have an obstacle. And this obstacle is what we're going to cover today is like how to get over that. Because believe it or not, if you're not comfortable telling people why you, 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 you're in business and what your vision is and why they can do business with you to serve their needs, then you're going to eventually go away. Or are they lazy? <laughs> Right. You know, and yet I find that's not actually usually the thing. Right? right. Because I think even if you just look at the great sales professionals that joined us today, lazy people would not be on this webinar. Right. right? So it's typically that they're more likely that they're just afraid and that not knowing how or what to do gets all this emotional anxiety going. I, I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to bother my friends. I, I, what if they say this? I won't have an answer for it. I, I don't have it on my desk right here, but the, the book that I think it just recently came out, The Way of the Wolf by, what's the guy's name? The actual Wolf of Wall Street. Right. Right. right, right. He wrote this book. I probably wouldn't have picked it up because I don't really consider him an ethical self-promoter. Right. <laughs> right? And, and he did, uh, but a client recommended it. I read it. It actually was very good. He did say in the book that he didn't use his powers for good. So, of course, we want to use our powers for good. But he talked about the fact that when he was training his sales floor, that they said to him, oh, there's just all these objections, thousands of objections. So they actually sat down with a grease board and they made a list of what were all the objections. Now I've done this for real estate agents, yeah. mortgage, battery sales guys, um, you know, the truck springs company, farmers insurance, you know, um, uh, Stauber nutraceutical, all the different companies we've coached. I've sat down and gone through with them and the odd thing, and he even said it in the book, they could only come up with about 12 or 13. I've always seen most companies, it's about 12 or 13. Right. Now, you see what the objections actually are. Then you have at least one quality method of handling it. Now you're less likely to be afraid to prospect. Because see, it's not as often that they're as afraid with the opening script. They're afraid what to do when they get rejected or pushed back or object or an objection. 
if they're comfortable with that piece, right. you're more likely to make the calls. Because Daniel, probably I could hit you or you could hit me with any objection about buying one of our services and we have no, no stress about that. Yeah, we actually, I love that you just said that because here's the objection that we got from a, a caller. Um, Joanna Johnson is raising her hand. Hey, go ahead and just uh, ask your question because um, we're all about it. Um, and then Gwen is saying, this is, this is her objection, Debbie, to, to our topic today. I don't Gwen want to distract him with the naked man at the door. We'll save that story for a moment. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> In this tech age, aren't more folks responsive to text and email versus calls? So Joanna, great, great question. And I won't use the word more responsive. I would say they are responsive. So in other words, when we're working with our sales professionals, we talk about dropping a web over the clients, the prospects. So for example, we recently launched, Daniel, you know, our inner circle program, which right. as we got on, I was just gonna say, I'm gonna sneak into the October event on that. Nice. Because it's a really cool group of, of great um, salespeople. And in that inner circle, one of the things we actually provide our clients is a custom built texting platform that right. does now merge the name, that does send texts out because yes, Joanna, texting is very effective. I think it's something like 95% of people read their text in five minutes and, and respond within 10. So yes, texting. Emailing is effective. You and I both use it a lot, Daniel. It is not quite as effective as texting only because of the massive amount of emails people get. So yeah. I look at it this way. We teach our clients for the appropriate categories, physical mail, which may not apply to everyone listening here today, but for our real estate agents working their markets, physical mail, email, texting, targeted Facebook ads, maybe LinkedIn ads, calling, door knocking, like you put it all together and say, for my groups, and I'm gonna use a word we use here, what is my appropriate campaign right. for this particular group well and I, I you, you're nailing it and and this is Gwen to your point um, text and emails are marketing right. what we're talking about is sales once you get into a conversation with somebody so I'll utilize text message as a way of starting a conversation or I'll utilize email as a way of hooking my audience into what we're offering right we, we mentioned earlier, you know, netting a million dollars. We have an entire path to doing that. If you're stuck at half a million dollars or uh, even a million dollars in revenue, but you haven't quite figured out how to make that a net, what we do is we'll take somebody through a consultation. We'll find out what their objectives are or objections are to growing. Like what's your obstacles? You know, what's stopping you? What are the challenges? And we'll try to remove those challenges through hiring high quality virtual professionals. That's what we do. But the conversation, I, I need to get into a conversation with somebody to close. And it's likely you do too. She's a, a, a corporate accounts director at a San Francisco health club. The reality is you gotta have that member or that potential member show up and how you might get them on the phone to have a conversation or get them through the door. Text. 
mm -hmm. text or email or, or whatever. Yeah, We've or got slide, another one. Slide dial is a great, you know, yeah. reaching out because, but then the point being, once they get to you, now we've got to be able to sell them in. Here's a great uh, mic. Uh, and Debbie, you're amazing at objections. So Mike has one. Um, you know, Mike, we like you and we are a great agent, but Redfin charges 1% and that is a lot of money for us. And that's why we're going with Redfin. So, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, first of all, if I were you, I probably would be asking that same question or having that same thought. Because let's face it, you know, if, if you could get exactly the same quality service and pay less, people would do it all day long. And yet if you look around at the local market, a very tiny percentage lists with or works with a discount cut rate agent or company, quite frankly, because it does not work as well. And you know the old saying, you get what you pay for. So if I might take a moment and explain to you what is the difference between a full service agent and a Redfin model? Right. Once you know the differences, I feel comfortable and confident that, that you're going to clearly see that it is a significant value to hire a full service agent. And you just might not be aware of, of some of the nuances of working with that type of a cut rate service. Yep. In my, uh, in my presentation, and this is good, Mike, and everybody who's not in real estate, don't mistake this, but uh, Mike, the owner of ForSaleByOwner.com listed his property with a full service real estate firm. Yeah, that's pretty. And I had that in my, um, you know, physical presentation when I was selling a lot of homes. And this is a great point. List every single objection that you might have like Debbie was on, on, on a whiteboard and then walk through them and, and just know the responses that you're going to get because that is going to be a reality in your world is you've got to overcome these. And you want to not be defensive and sweating and fidgeting and, and I'm not going to attack Redfin or any other company. I can simply side by side, present the comparison because quite frankly, they don't actually understand typically how that model works. Now, in the world of sales, and I read this the other day, Daniel, that it doesn't matter what the product or industry, if you break it down, there's going to be about 70% that will pay when they see greater perceived value. And there'll be about 30% that are always going to go the cut rate route. So you may do a phenomenal job, and you still might not win them, but you're going to win the majority of the type of client that you want to win. Yeah. Here, here's another thing. Um, dude, I love the interaction. You guys are rocking it today. Um, and that's why we have Debbie here live with us. Um, can you speak to repeat marketing slash sales? Oh, where did that? Hold on. Hold on. Um, I work as a physical therapist okay. and I'm required to market to medical doctors in order to get patient referrals. Okay. After the first time when I introduced myself, I'm not sure what to say to them, especially if they haven't referred a patient to me after the first conversation. Okay. And, and this actually will work, I think, for everyone. Because, for example, if you are a real estate agent calling your past clients reluctant because you don't want to bother them. If you're a loan officer and you're thinking, I'm prospecting that 
top producer and they already have a lender connection or you're going to these doctors and you're saying, what do I say? Hey, here I am again. What do you got for me? Right? right. So I think about it this way, lead with value, right? So for example, is there an interesting article uh, And this again, across all levels of business here, yep. is there an interesting tip, an article, something of value that you can bring them. You know, when I was coaching the battery guys, they, they, I actually put on the uniform, got in the truck and, and rode around with them, which was quite interesting. And they had what they called donut diplomacy. And I'm like, what, is this a real thing? Huh. Yeah, they take donuts in. And I said, okay, that's good, I get it. And yet it doesn't open a quality conversation. So why don't we ask if we may be able to do a products and services survey? How are we doing for you? Are we providing the value you need? Are there any changes in your business we need to be aware of? Any opportunities you want to explore that we might have a solution for? So I think, again, put the fact that you want those referrals behind you and think about what would be an interesting and engaging conversation I could have with them, even if I simply asked, you know, is there potentially a reason that you've not felt comfortable giving me referrals or haven't had an opportunity to give me referrals because I am more than willing to earn and respect that opportunity, right? So I, I would love to, you know, have more conversation on that, but Daniel, just a quick uh, thought for everyone here on, ah, I think it's tomorrow. I believe it's tomorrow. I'm doing a power persuasion webinar. It's so it would work for everyone here. They're welcome to have free opportunity mm -hmm. to join that. I'll just give them my email real quick. Debbie D Grote, D E G R O T E at gmail.com. Yeah. If they might've noticed, so it's Debbie D Grote at gmail.com in that practicing a moment ago that we did, there was a lot of neuro persuasion techniques sprinkled in. Yep. For example, a classic is, if I were you, I would feel exactly the way you do. Keeps the rapport level. Right. I'm sure you'll realize. So there's some real magical things that as you master those, it becomes easier. Well, and we've got um, Tracy says, why don't you just ask the doctor why they haven't sent you referrals? And I think that's good. Um, and, but you and know, I think can I say something real quick to that? Yeah. Guys, don't use the word why. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Because I was going to say, I was going to say, how how do you lead with value? How do you build rapport? And asking somebody straight up is less likely to get a good response. You want to ask. I like to ask questions that I know the answers to, and or that leads the conversation to their ideal outcome. So when and and in the doctor situation, I had this shoulder thing, right? And um, my doctor said, "Well, you just need to go to physical therapy." I'm like really? I mean, this has been hurting for a month, you know, and he's like, just go. And if it doesn't work, we'll talk. But uh, my doctor sold the physical therapist. He goes, uh, I send a lot of people to this guy and they typically get better within three sessions, like a hundred percent healed. And I'd say that's 90% of the time. That's what my doctor said to me. Now I know that physical therapist 
implanted that response into the, that doctor's right. head. Trained him on how to deliver referrals. Exactly. So here's the thing though on this though, um, you could ask the doctor or you could ask your other clients why they aren't giving you referrals. But if you were going to do it, I would do it in a way where I'm saying, may I ask for your help? Right. You know, I really value you and I really value and respect any business and referrals you send my way. And I very much would value your opinion. And I, I think I would even go another direction. I might ask all of the doctors who did give me referrals why they chose to give me referrals and, and, and then get that information kind of flowing into your consciousness. That's another, another opportunity. So before we tell them the story about the naked man, okay, just one, one last thought on this, guys. You know, there are, there are personality types that are going to be more likely to deliver referrals to you. They are the connectors. See, Daniel and I, in our nature, in our personality, we are born connectors. Oh, you should talk to, you should talk to, you should talk to. But not everybody rolls that way. And it doesn't mean they don't like you. It doesn't mean they wouldn't um, give you business if they could. It just means that's not their top of mind go-to. In fact, they might even feel a little uncomfortable pressing people in your direction. That's why you'll often see where they'll say, well, if you were to feel comfortable giving me a referral, I would want to thank you for that referral by giving you X and giving the person you referred an equal gift of X. Mm -hmm. Because see, they might not feel comfortable selling out their uh, prospects or connections, but if it's, you know, what is it on that, you know, give your friends hundred dollars and I'll give you a hundred dollars or some network, yeah. you yeah. know, spectrum or whatever. Mm -hmm. so, so they just might not be a connector, but if you can train them, if you can make them feel comfortable and also know your connectors because your connectors are fine with you working them more aggressively. Okay. So I know some of you are not in real estate, but you know, it's just kind of a quick and fun story. So Daniel, you know, when I was first starting to door knock, I had a geographic farm area and yeah. I would door knock there every month. So the neighbors got used to me coming by. Well, the, there was one house, very nice elderly couple, and their total loser son lived there. I think this guy was like 45 or 50 years old, never had a job, drank beer all day, and lived off of his parents, right? So he also knew that I came around and door knocked. And so I guess he probably saw me coming down the street. And, you know, I was... 20 so i was cute then i was 20 you know it's a long time ago all right but he opens the door naked so he's standing at the door naked big giant guy very hairy as i recall in my mind holding a beer and he said debbie so i thought you'd like to come in and have a beer and take a look at the property at my property is what he said I am not that funny. You know I'm not that funny. I'm pretty serious. I don't know where this came from, but I just said, you know, I've already seen it and it's not that great. So no, thank you. Now, <laughs> I did not knock on that door again. And no. the truth is that was the only time in, you know, 16 years of door knocking every single day that anything that crazy happened to me. But I think sometimes those 
stories and beliefs in our head of somebody's going to yell at us if we ask for business or somebody's going to yell at us if we make the call or or they're going to hang up on us so what if they hang up on you quite frankly some of the people you're prospecting you probably in your normal life wouldn't even hang out with them so yeah. if they don't want to talk to you big deal or they're simply not ready yeah. so people reach out to us to have coaching and consulting assistance and they don't take the offer, they don't do it, I don't hear in my mind, oh my gosh, they rejected me. I hear, oh, well, we need to keep marketing to them and eventually we will get them. We, they will be ready. Actually, they eventually ready. they will be ready. They because, will be ready. And, and that's the reality of, of everybody's fear. Like, I mean, and we had probably 20 comments around I'm fear of rejection, I don't like doing it, I just, I don't, it's not my favorite activity. You know, but the reality is, is that when somebody says, I'm not ready for your services, and we have a lot of um, construction services that are doing door knocking. Um, in fact, Uber, no, 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 not Uber. Wait, it's the energy company, Elon, Elon Musk. What's the company? Elon, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. What's the company? Uh, his uh, energy company? Oh, Tesla. I don't know what his Tesla. energy company is. The yeah. battery company, they've built their entire infrastructure on door knocking. Like, the, you know, the home batteries and the solar thing, yep. the entire Tesla, you know, whole, the entire revenue of Tesla's home battery solar is built on door knocking. And when you knock, I mean, people, people want to have conversations and they're interested. And so they, that's a, it's an avenue of gaining business. And, and I think it's a missed opportunity for most business owners. Well, and so you'd be shocked if you knew how much I know about batteries. You would be surprised. <laughs> yeah. but, but here's here's the funny thing about that. As I was thinking that, I thought, you know, sometimes you might be reluctant to prospect because you're offering a new product or service that you haven't mastered, internalized, you know, for real estate agents, it might be knowing your market. I yep. remember my broker said to me, you know, you have to preview property an hour and a half a day. You have to study the neighborhoods. Who's the builder? Yep. And then, as I mentioned, when I, you know, helped the battery company, I got into the, the trucks and I rode around and I learned about the batteries. But then when I went to farmer's insurance and no disrespect to farmers, but this was quite interesting to me that I was meeting with the watch commanders, the, the top guys, and I walked in and I said, so tell me, Farmers is one of the most expensive insurance companies. So why would I use you? Right. Dead silence. And after a couple moments, we are farmers. That's what one guy said. I said, I don't care. But then see, I had done my research and I knew some great things about farmers insurance. Like if, if cataclysmic things happen, the big three, Farmers, Allstate, and State Farm, they actually have money. They could pay the claims. They're not going to close down, right? They're first responders on the scene. 20 million households buy, you know, it's social proof. I knew it better than they did. But see, if they knew it better, they'd be more comfortable prospecting for new opportunity. So yes, it's scripts. Absolutely knowing what objections you're going to get. But when you know your product, your service inside and out and how that benefits your prospect, you're going to be more likely to go talk to some more prospects. 
Yep. And I'm, I'm just going to, I know it because our, our, our participation has like dropped off a little bit. Um, you guys are going, probably thinking, what, how does this apply to me? How does this, what, why does this matter? But he, here's the thing. Number one, a, a great value proposition. Number two, you have to have your objection handling down. Number three, you need to have like a positioning. Like why, in your case, why is Farmers better than, you know, any other insurance company like Joe Blow's insurance company? You've got to have these documents ready and a clear value proposition when somebody says, well, why would I choose you? And if you're on this call, this is the whole point of having those things so that you can prospect and so you can do a little bit of self-promotion when it's when you're in front of somebody and they're ready to buy and you're not nervous about it. Right. But you got to put yourself in the right place at the right time. Right. Definitely have your own style. You know, as you guys are watching, you might notice Daniel and I, we're both high DI personalities. We're driver, we're influencer, we're outgoing. And yet his style is a little more casual, a little more, you know, I like to laugh <laughs> than mine. I tend to be much more serious and I'm known as the queen of content, but see, it's just our different style. So right. you don't have to be a robot to be great at this. You find your groove, but then you've got to accept that if you're going to be a fabulous salesperson, staying in the spotlight is a way of life. Now, see, Daniel, we do webinars and live streams and events you and I do and yep. conventions and strategy calls. We know we can't stop that. If we stop that, our business dies. And you guys know that too. In whatever you do, what are your three to five most appropriate ways to stay in the spotlight? Because I find for most all salespeople, you can't rely on one thing. It won't feed you. If right. we just relied on webinars, I'd love it. You and I wouldn't have to travel, but right. it wouldn't feed us. So right. three to five clear methods of staying in that spotlight, perfect your groove, make it a duplicatable process, and it just actually becomes easier, you know, each and every time you do it. Yep. So I, I got to ask him this, though, guys, because, guys, this is the important part. When you are good at what you do, when others benefit when you feel good about it, when you would actually teach your family member to serve clients the way you do. And Daniel, you know, I'm teaching my daughter Taylor here yep. and I am rigorous about making sure that our service is flawless, that our clients are well cared for. I'm developing that pattern, you know, for her. If your methods help achieve the short-term and long-term goals that your prospects have, if most people around you would say, yes, you're good at how you do business and you're proud of it, yeah. then why be afraid to share it, right? right. And, and I think if you are an ethical self-promoter, I feel you owe it to your friends, to your family, to your great prospects to show them what you can do for them, right? Because it would actually be a shame if they ended up with someone in your industry that did not treat them well that did not take care of them and took advantage of them simply because they didn't know how you could help them. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's funny that you say that one of our, one of our folks here at my outdesk is selling a home and he hired um, a friend, somebody he's known 20 years to do some construction work for him at his house because he's getting it ready to sell on the market. And that guy did a miserable job. 
And, and the reality is a lot of you out there have a higher quality service. You, you operate at a more ethical level and uh, yet this is holding you back right. from getting more business. And this guy who wasn't ethical, did a very poor job, got business. And so it, it ha- I, I'm in a conference all the time where somebody will say, well, I'm really good at my job, but I'm, and my, to my next question, I'm like, so are you number one in your market? And they're like, no, where, okay, well, where are you in your marketplace? And this is the key to unlocking that. Um, so, okay, cool. Let's keep going. Yep, absolutely. So if you're proud of what you do and people need your help, do it more. And I would actually encourage you a couple of things that are just practical and easy to do. When you're prospecting in your day, whatever type that is for you, that you do on the phone, out making sales calls, whatever you do, don't end your day or your prospecting session on a bad conversation. Okay. So if you make a sales call and somebody rejects you and they're a little bit tough on you and it demoralizes you, of course, you're going to want to quit or maybe it just happens to be at the end of your day. And I'm not saying you have to keep going till midnight till somebody says yes, just until you have a decent conversation, right? Because there's a weird thing in your brain that goes on when you end on the negative, you wake up in the morning, it's still there. So I don't want you to end on a negative. Also, keep your reviews handy, right? So when you look at your client reviews, testimonials, nice letters, nice notes, Keep them in a binder, keep them in a book. Before you start your prospecting session, read those for 10 or 15 minutes and remind yourself, hey, what I do, yeah, I get paid for it, but it does contribute to people's lives. I am providing a valuable service, right? So I just ask you to consider when you're ready to prospect, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? What are your actions? And I know Daniel, one of our listeners made a comment that there are other things that they'd rather do. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather go to Tahiti. (laughs) Okay. So here's the thing. You don't have to love what you do every minute. You just have to love what it gives you. And I remember admitting to my broker once, you know, I really don't like to prospect. I really don't want to do it today. He said, well, Yeah, if you loved it, that would be called vacation, but it's actually called work, Debbie, so go do it, right? So again, we said if you had an answer for every objection, you'd be more, oh, there's the book. I did ask my staff to to put it in there. You know, guys, again, I was very hesitant about this book, and obviously he's admitting all his faults in here, but he's got some good tips, and they are practical. And yeah. I'll tell you what, this guy can sell. So might be an interesting book. And, and as he pointed out, there's really not that many objections. Yeah, one, um, so I was hanging out with this billionaire guy, which I never had the opportunity to do that before, but he had this really good suggestion that I think you guys could take away right now, um, which is ask your previous clients, what's the one reason they chose to do business with you? And I just did it in a text. And I literally was at that event. There was only 20 of us in the room. I'm like, hey, how do you, how do you know exactly? You know? And uh, I just text 25 of our top clients and said, hey, why do you 
you know, do business with us. And they sent back, you know, various different things, but they all had these three things in common. And so I took those three things and then I sent them back and I said, Hey, out of number one, number two, and number three, what's the one reason that you guys do business with us? And now I know that's the thing to talk about. And so for us, it's when, when I have done that, do that and look at our reviews, it's the customized approach. They always say right. that you see me for who we are, for our company, for our needs, um, results. They talk about 25, 35, 50% growth. And they also talk about the connection, the great community that they can get me on the phone, that my staff responds inside the business day. So you look at it, see me for who I am, get me those results that I want, and then give me that five-star service. And that, you know, that really is our platform. So when we look at the drill, practice, and rehearse, this is not just for prospecting. You know, I have a, another cool story, and I wish I could tell you who it was, but I can't because there's confidentiality. So on Sunday, Don and I are running errands, and one of our clients called, and she said, Debbie, okay, I'm sorry to bother you on a Sunday, but I'm negotiating this $35 million sale in Lake Tahoe. Nice. And she said, I, this is a really scary dude that I'm working with. And I don't mean scary like in the mafia, but like a big guy, you know, yeah. billionaire, billionaire guy. And she's yeah. like, I, I got to show him this pocket listing, meaning it's not listed on the market. And I got to make sure I get paid. And I got to ask him for his commitment. And I don't know how to ask him. We practiced on the phone and I told her, I said, I literally want you to practice this like 50 times. Right. A little short bit of dialogue over and over and over and over again. So when you get to that moment where you need to look at him and say this, it is easy. And you know what? She did great. She did sign the agreement, committing to her as his agent. They're in negotiations on this property. But bottom line, no matter what, he'll buy something from her in that $35 million price range. So drill, practice, rehearse, and it's magic how much more comfortable you'll be. You know what's beautiful about that story is the, the, the most successful people in the world have a coach. Because as, as the guy that's in it, like I'm in it, like emotionally I can't respond as clearly as somebody like Debbie. So when you're making a call your coach and she's coaching you through what to say, you might, under normal circumstances, know exactly what you need to say, but because you're excited, emotional, nervous, you really want that $35 million commission, like you might not do the things required. And so I think that's such a big piece of um, successful business people. They have coaches. They yeah. might have multiple coaches. Well, yes. And, and I just, we just brought on a new client. Some of you may know him, a wonderful guy, Cam Cameron. Um, NFL football coach, um, LSU, for many, many years and just got into the real estate business. And the first thing he did is called us up and hired us to coach him. Yeah. Uh, and then you look at people like Sean Stanfield in Huntington Beach, their you know, team doing 750 million in volume and people say, well, why would they hire a coach? Because they're committed to getting better and they want that objective opinion. So you know, whatever you do, and, and certainly if you chose to work with us, we'd be thrilled, but hire a coach, you know, whoever that might be for you. Because I think about, you know, I don't ski that often. And if I go up to ski and I have a private instructor 
and they find those little things I'm doing wrong and I can correct them, but I could ski all day and keep doing those things wrong. Right. And I think you're right. That is, it's that objective opinion. And yeah. of course, uh, Daniel, before we run out of time, I should mention the disc assessment and they certainly um, can request from me. I'll send you a link guys to take this absolutely for free. No strings attached. Yep. Just email me Debbie D at gmail.com. And if you were not writing it down before it's D E B B I E D E G R O T E at gmail.com. It's seven to 10 minutes to take it. It'll send you back a 25 page report. And a lot of your reluctance may actually come from your personality style. So if you're a high D, you're direct, it's easier. If you're a high S, you're gonna be a little more timid about doing this, but once you realize it, you're gonna know I'm holding back, not because I shouldn't be doing it, I'm right. just holding back because my style makes me a bit more reluctant. And the coaches that I have were all trained to look at your DISC assessment with you and help you understand it should you need that help. Mm -hmm. And then of course we mentioned three to five prospecting sources. I encourage them, um, they're, they're welcome to ask for this as well. It's not real estate related. It's just identifying your source and your action steps. And you know, we talk about perfect morning routine, right? Great salespeople, of great, great anything. I think has a perfect morning routine, yep. right? Get up, get on with it, start your day, have a great prospecting area. You know, they can see our offices here. Yep. They're not messy, right? They're pretty well organized. We've got all our tools, everything ready to go. Um, and that's a big help, right? That's a big part of it. Well, you know, it's funny because yoga, um, meditation, you, you typically find a place in your home or a place that you go to that you're comfortable with. When I go to the yoga studio, I'm in the back left corner because that's my spot. Same thing with uh, prospecting, same thing with leadership. Get a groove, know where you're going. Um, and guys, we're gonna be ending in a couple minutes here. Um, Debbie's rolling through all this content. If you had any last minute questions or anything that you want, I, I do wanna encourage you to shoot her an email um, and, and and schedule a private consultation with her team. Um, also, if, if you wanted to talk to Maude, I, I wanna just kind of throw this out here. Um, we're gonna schedule a free consultation with anybody who texts MOD to 555-888. Um, we're, we're about to wrap up. And I'm sorry, Debbie, we haven't gotten through all of your stuff. That's okay, that's all right. I think, you know, I think it's better that we took the interaction. And guys, I'm just gonna quick, um, quickly flip over so you can see the uh, the slide. And again, don't sound like a professional telemarketer, right, Daniel? People don't want to talk to a professional telemarketer. So speak with confidence, no upswing in your voice, but be yourself, right? Bring your personality, speak up, mirror and match them. You know, there's so many great persuasion techniques that, that we could share that we don't have time to do today. Um, but guys, if you want to write this down, because we may not get to the slide um, here, it's coming up in a second, but www.businessstrategycall.com. So right. www. Put that in the notes. 
We'll put that in the notes, Debbie, so everybody can see it on Facebook. Awesome. Well, um, bottom line, don't take a no when a yes is still possible, right, Daniel? <laughs> you know what's funny is I only want to take, and I think that's I think that's really important. But again, all I want to do is connect with prospects who are predisposed to do business in the near term for my product, right? right? And that's the that's the point. And you have to do that with prospecting. You need to do that with text messages. You need to do that with email. These are the, the most inexpensive ways of building massive businesses out there. And um, yeah, we had a couple questions. Somebody wanted to know if they could get a copy of your slides. I don't, I don't know if that's- I, um, I don't mind. So if you want to email me, again, debbiedegroat at gmail.com, we'll be happy to send that to you. Sweet. Okay. So let's, uh, let's do a quick, uh, don't take a no when a yes is possible. Debbie, what's the one thing you want to end with to have people walk away and go, wow, that shifted? That's easy. Your brain loves patterns, good or bad. Your brain will develop a pattern. It will adapt to any pattern. I'll give you a very quick story. They gathered up a bunch of college students. They took them out to a field and they said, you're going to jump out of an airplane today. They did a little swab. They tested for the stress hormone through the roof right. by the end of the afternoon and by the beginning of the fifth jump when they tested again mildly elevated over what it would be if they were driving on the freeway in traffic you see in just one afternoon their brain had already begun to adapt so okay. if you choose your prospecting activities you put that in your schedule you get your routine set and you do it over and over and over and over again. Now, will you like it better than vacation in Tahiti? No, but what will happen is the pain goes away. The, the fear goes away because your brain accepts it now as the new normal. So my encouragement to you would be get a routine, do it at the same time each day, even if it's for a shorter amount of time do it at the same time each day. And then you can begin to extend the time and extend the contacts as you become more comfortable. Awesome, awesome. Well, that's good advice. Again, um, we, we've got listed here in the notes where you can go to get Debbie's study guide of overcoming your fear uh, of prospecting and self uh, promotion. We also, if you email her, she's gonna provide that. Um, what you just shared, um, what we call, like, there's three levels, right? You think of high school sports, then you think of college sports, and then you think of the pros, right? Well, everybody can play in high school, but only 1% go on to college. In college, there's a bunch of people that are playing that only 1% go into, into the pros. And what you just shared with everybody is the mindset of the 1% at the pros. And so I appreciate you for that. Um, guys, MyAutist is here to serve. We help growing companies scale through giving them virtual professionals. If you have any questions for us, please reach out. Um, Debbie, you're amazing as always. Well, thank, thank you so very much. much. And my clients that you should thank you, Daniel. So you guys, yep. your team, you do a great job. So thanks everyone. And we appreciate you investing your time to learn something new. So now go out there and make it happen, right? Yep. Good luck, everybody. Bye, Debbie. Bye. -bye.